in which history travels from one man's backyard to his living room. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the lottery win, this is the epic tax bill. The essential stuff in between, the personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. Some things you just can't escape, whether it's an on-again, off-again relationship, or a particularly annoying debt collector, or that intergalactic bounty hunter. For one man, what he couldn't escape was history, which found him not once, but twice. It didn't just find him, it hunted him. And the result was the creation of an uncanny set of historical bookends in the shape of a man named Wilmer McLean. The first battle of Bull Run was the first major land battle of the Civil War. The shots at Fort Sumter on April 12, 1861 lit the fuse, but the full powder keg exploded officially when Union troops marched towards Manassas, Virginia two months later in July in hopes of swiftly defeating the Confederates there. This could open a path to Richmond and deal what might have been a fatal blow to the fledgling army right out of the gate. The Confederate army, however, had been adding reinforcements steadily throughout the fight. And after an early retreat, they gained strength, broke the Union lines, and forced the Union army to retreat all the way back to D.C., running through and over crowds of spectators that had come along to witness what was sure to be an easy victory. It wasn't just the Union army that was getting its share, though. Wilmer McLean, a plantation owner in Manassas, would also soon discover his own breaking point with the war. McLean was a former member of the Virginia militia who had been too old to join the Confederate Army, so he stayed at home and oversaw operations on the plantation with his family. His land became the literal epicenter of the first battle of the Civil War, the first battle of Bull Run. In fact, at least one account suggests that the very first shot of the battle was a cannonball fired through a kitchen building next to McLean's house. See, when the Confederate Army and General P.G.T. Beauregard showed up weeks before the first battle, he and McLean had become familiar, and a deal was struck whereby the McLean property and buildings would be rented out to the Confederates at the rate of 150 Confederate bucks per month for use as a headquarters and a field hospital, which came in handy when the first Battle of Bull Run took place the very next day. At one point, a cannonball even came through the wall of the dining room and landed in the fireplace while General Beauregard was eating. After removing his family from the immediate battlefront, McLean came back to his homestead to assist with the war effort. 
As time wore on and McLean volunteered his time to his new tenants, however, he became increasingly frustrated with the Confederate soldiers, who were misusing his property to such an extent that the rent wouldn't cover the damages. He also became disillusioned with the notion that he was sacrificing and volunteering to support the war effort while everyone he came into contact with was reaping a profit. You know, robbing the Confederates blind. He decided to become a sugar speculator, angling to profit from the Army's need for supplies from southern farms. The Second Battle of Bull Run once again brought war to his doorstep in Manassas, and McLean, now expecting another child with his wife, decided that he had had enough. He moved his family much further away from the front, although it was hard to determine whether the enslaved persons from his plantation were given the same benefit of safety as his family in the move. I don't know how much of the workforce in the new location was brought from the former residents, which continued to use enslaved labor for the benefit of the Confederate Army. In the end, McLean believed that settling in a small village nearly 140 miles away would give his family a respite from war. War, it seems, had other plans. By April 8, 1865, General Robert E. Lee's Confederate troops had been cornered in the small town of Appomattox Courthouse. And yes, that was the name of the village and not a fancy building in a town called Appomattox. There was nowhere left to run. The Union Army had outflanked the rebels and cut off their southern route of escape. Rather than fight, Lee chose to surrender after some exchanged messages with General Ulysses S. Grant. Lee then directed his aide-de-camp, Charles Marshall, the grand-nephew of the great Supreme Court Justice John Marshall, to find a place suitable for the surrender meeting with Grant. Charles Marshall rode out ahead of Lee until he found the very first civilian he could walking along the road to ask him if he knew of a place where the meeting could be held. That very first person he came to? Wilmer McLean. McLean first offered up one of his outbuildings, but it was in a state of disrepair and Marshall rejected it. McLean relented and offered the use of his main house instead. And that's how, on April 9, 1865, General Grant accepted the surrender of General Lee in the sitting room of Wilmer McLean's house, setting in motion the end of the Civil War. It was a momentous occasion, and many soldiers from both sides popped in to witness the event, including one Robert Todd Lincoln, who was an aide to Grant and also a celebrity offspring. Wilmer McLean, however, was immediately broke. His fortune had all been made in Confederate money, which was now pretty much worthless. And the end of slavery meant the end of cruelly profiting from the efforts of people he had claimed as property. After he noticed Union soldiers stealing things from his house to commemorate the surrender, he started selling his furniture to souvenir seekers with the claim that it was from the very small room where the surrender took place. Rumor has it that he sold enough of that furniture to have filled a good-sized house. So Wilmer had clearly learned a thing or two about making a profit. Despite his Southern sympathies, McLean went on to support Ulysses S. Grant 
in his 1872 bid for the presidency and even worked in his administration. McLean later died in 1882. Some people can't escape history, and that's doubly true for Wilmer McLean, who saw the Civil War begin in his backyard and end in his parlor. It began with a bang. Lucky for him, it didn't end with one. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want a Wing Chung tonight? Drop me a note. The address is yell at AmericanEsoterica.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless America. <laughs>